passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof rack, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with the eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts that you need at the prices that you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Summer's coming. Are you ready to unveil that beach pod? Manscaped is here to ensure your body is ready for the wild with their game-changing full-body grooming and hygiene product. Don't be the guy at the beach with Austin Powers chest hair. And maybe you've grown some winter man tits. At least you can make them hairless. It's time to get ready for hot guy summer by going to manscaped.com and getting 20% off in free shipping with my promo code Bubba. Manscaped is dedicated to helping you increase your confidence and level up your full-body grooming game with the Performance Package 4.0. The kit comes with the essential lawnmower 4.0 waterproof cordless body trimmer and a ton of other liquid formations to round out your grooming routine. Whether you're trimming your chest or your treasure chest in your pants, doesn't matter. This is the best trimmer on the market. Inside the Performance Package, you're going to find the Manscaped Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver Ball Toner, Anti-Chafing Ball Deodorant, and Moisturizer. Because we all know how painful chafing can be when you're wearing your bathing suit all day. Nobody likes nose hairs, so their package comes with the Weed Whacker 2.0 as well. You're also going to get two free gifts. The Shed Travel Bag, about a $39 value, and the patented high-performance Reduced Chafing Manscaped Boxers. And if you're wearing sandals, you're going to need to get the Manscaped Shears 2.0 Nail Kit. Having the right tools for grooming is a essential. Do yourself a favor and always use the right tools for the job. Get 20% off in free shipping with promo code Bubba at manscaped.com. That's 20% off in free shipping with promo code Bubba at manscaped.com. Trim your chesticles with the besticles at manscaped.com. Promo code Bubba. Hello. As advertised, we are starting right on time. And by we, I mean I. Uh, I have some bad news, folks. I hope I don't lose 80% of my listeners right now. But unfortunately... Uh, Kevin Hazlett will not be in today. Yes, I know. I, too, am disappointed. Um, maybe maybe it was a mix-up on my end. I, I, I had a correspondence with Kevin earlier this week, and I thought that um, he could do pretty much every Friday until, like, uh, January. But um, I think there was a mix-up, and he's actually in Greenville North? South Carolina, one of the Carolinas has a Greenville in it, and that is where he is. I believe he has a, a property there, and he's hanging out, um, or one of his, no, I don't think one of his uh, baller-ass sons, Navy Seal Jones, or or whatever's going on over there. Um, I don't think they live there, but I know that they do have a property there, and unfortunately, unfortunately, I'm having issues with my headphones. Okay, it's fine. Uh, unfortunately, he's not in, but we, he will be back in. Uh, next Friday, hopefully, or one of the Fridays. I really do enjoy doing uh, shows with Kevin. 
We, I think we work well together. We got a lot of great feedback. He did as well as myself for last week's show, which I, I thought was great. You know, so unfortunately for you guys, this this week we will not be talking about real estate or crypto because those are things that I really don't know too much about and certainly can't give advice to others. I mean, there's really not much I can give advice on, um, but there's just stuff I have opinions on. So if you ask me, like, what's my opinion of crypto, I just have to opt out. There's just a big black hole of information I don't know. I don't care to know. Uh, it, it, it It's... Slightly more interesting than sports to me, as you guys know. I'm not a big a person who's into sports. I and and here's the thing: it's almost like uh, people people. Oh, Brian from Philly, twenty dollars. <laughs> Thank you, Brian. I appreciate you. You're so supportive and kind to me. One of the very few, and I appreciate you. Uh, I get a lot of feedback from people telling me how to do my job, which I appreciate, by the way. Because listen, like, and I I don't and I know that just playing that that last statement back in my head it sounded like I was uh, uh, being a sarcastic asshole which I usually am but not in that case and I mean that because you are the consumer of the product and you tell us what you like so that you will consume it more right it's it's like the you know you don't just make apparel and if nobody likes it you're like well fuck you I'm the owner I'm going to make it how I want to make it no you want to you want to get feedback from your clientele from your customer base and see what they are interested in what they think you're doing well and what they think you could improve on so i do appreciate uh healthy criticism and not just the uh, you fucking suck and I hate you, you ugly bitch. That's not really constructive or helpful because I really can't um, help a lot of those things that I just listed. But if you if you do tell me like, hey, I like it when you have Kevin on or I like it when you discuss this, you know, whatever, that's fine. I, I can appreciate that. I certainly don't have an ego about anything. I have a, a very healthy dose of of crippling self-doubt, which plagues me every day. And I wonder if, like, I don't, I would love to live in the delusion of just like grandiose narcissism. Like, I wish I could live that life because I think it would be more pleasant psychologically, perhaps, um, just to always think that you're the shit and you're awesome and everyone else fucking sucks. That would be super cool. Like, maybe I wouldn't have as many friends, but would it, would it matter, though? Because upstairs, I would be having a better experience in life just thinking that I was awesome and that everybody around me is uh, delusional. But unfortunately, I live in reality and my brain is pretty functional and it keeps me in check every moment of every day so that even when I do have a small win and I go, maybe I could do this, I'm the ne- very next thought is you suck, you're horrible, I hate you. Like that is, you know, it, it's this lack of, not lack of believing. I have like a core base of faith in myself, but then I also am down on myself that maybe I'm not living up to my potential or that I'm not as smart as I think I am or whatever, you know. The laundry list just goes on and on. So um, I appreciate you is what I'm saying. And I'm trying to work back to what I was saying. It's hard when you don't, when you don't really have anybody else to pinball off of, because then I'm having to like go back in the, uh, in the noggin and remember what I was trying to say just a few short minutes ago. 81390 Bubba, if you would like to call in 
and contribute to the conversation. Um, oh man, I was going to talk about, I think uh, Kevin, Kevin's not here. It's sad. Oh, not knowing much about it. Oh, the sports. Yes. The sports. People like to tell me that I should learn stuff about sports and that way I could maybe contribute more to the sports conversation. Well, for me to say anything even remotely, I don't know, informative or that would that would offer anybody any additional information that collectively Dr. Dan, Bubba, Rhett and Lummy don't already know seems insane because they've been following sports most of their lives and they know, obviously, Bubba, say like with the Packers, knows a lot about the the team and the sport going back 50 years or more. So to even try to scratch the surface of that knowledge would be insane. And secondly, I I have a really good memory and I feel like I don't want to use up my memory card on stuff that I think is useless information to know, if that makes sense. Is that rude to say? But, you know, it's like I don't even want to look at the stats or the date because I can remember dates and names and numbers pretty well. So I feel like that would take up space in the noggin and then all the stuff that I would like to know about whatever, science, history, geopolitics, et cetera, the things that I find to be uh, interesting and fun to learn about, there would be less room for that. So um, that's why I really don't take an active approach uh, when it comes to sports. And also I just find it painfully interesting. And And to be fair, it is harder. It is very hard for me to learn and memorize things I don't care about. There has to be some sort of incentive. There has to be some sort of, I have to trick the brain. Kind of reminds me of when I was working at Hornblasters and initially, and I, I mean, I would tell Matt this to his face. I, initially, I was like, this is this is dumb. Why would anyone spend money on horns? Just didn't make sense to me why anyone would spend their their income, especially if if they don't have a lot of money. Why would they spend anywhere between six hundred dollars and two grand on uh, train horns? That didn't that didn't add up to me. It just seemed silly and frivolous. And why? And this is insane. Um, but then I decided to trick myself and I go, okay, let's not look at the actual product and, and what it is and who's buying it. Let's look at it like a science project, like a, like a science puzzle I have to figure out and how all these components work. And at that point I was able to like lift this barrier and then all of the information was able to be absorbed rather quickly. But for the first three months, I was just like, why? This is dumb. I don't get it. Um, and, and Matt was a friend and like he offered me a job and it was great. And I didn't have to bartend or waitress anymore. So I certainly was game. Um, but it was hard for me to learn. But as soon as I kind of like lifted that veil of like, this is science. Let's get into the science aspect of it. Then it was like the floodgates opened and all this information was able to be absorbed. And I'm like, oh, solenoid valves and compressors and pressure switches and horns and DBs. And then it became interesting to me because I was like, ooh, I can understand how all these parts and components work. So 81390Bubba, if you would like to call and contribute to the conversation. Uh, I did want to make a brief announcement about uh, a race I will be running and if for those that would like to join me and are local, I would encourage you to go to, 
I think it's hot chocolate 15K. If you look up the hot chocolate uh, 5K, 10K, 15K, it's a hot chocolate run in Tampa. I've done this hot chocolate run before. I believe it was in San Diego in 2012. I did it with a bunch of people I worked at at a gym I called. uh, It was called Pure Fitness, but I called it Pure Fit Nasty. And so a bunch of us gals decided we were going to run this race in downtown San Diego. I did not plan well for the race. Back then, I decided I was going to do the 15K because I was a baller. And I think maybe two or three days prior to that, I myself had gone to a rave. So not the greatest way to prepare for a physical event is dehydrating your body and killing all your brain cells. Probably not the move. But I was young. I was able to just pull it off and did pretty well. And then after the race, they have all these chocolate goodies and hot chocolate this and chocolate fondue that. So if you are interested in running, they have three races, a 5K, a 10K, and a 15K uh, if you sign up, you uh, well, you get to ra- run the race with me, so that's pretty cool. But then you also get a fleece. I don't think it's a hoodie, but you get a fleece uh, zip up. It's really cool. And you get all these chocolate goodies after the race. And for those of you who don't do 5, 10, 15 Ks, you know, in, like sometimes I think that they're kind of cheesy, but every time I'm there, I have a great time. It's a lot of fun. There's a lot of vendors. They got like music blasting. You feel just like healthy and awesome. And by 730, you're done with uh, a race and everybody else is, is sleeping and hungover. So you feel just pretty productive. If you have a family, it's it's just fun to do maybe with the kids or whatnot. So it's a family affair, but it's at the Tampa. Starts at the Tampa Convention Center, and they think they closed down Bayshore, most of Bayshore. So you get a run down Bayshore in the morning as the sun is rising, and it's it's just going to be a good time. So make sure that you check that out. I'll be running that. Uh, it is on December 10th. And the day before, they have a, the Hot Chocolate Expo. So that's when you pick up all your gear, your number, your fleece, your whatever, um, probably like drink tickets and whatnot. And then the race is Sunday, December 10th. So I'll be doing that. The only thing I'm a little concerned about, which is ridiculous because I wake up early every day for this show, but working, waking up early to, to work and waking up early to work out are two very different things. But for those of you that enjoy that sort of stuff, and you know, once I'm up, I'll be good. But if you are interested, make sure that you check out the Hot Chocolate 15K. And they are doing a race in Tampa exactly one month from today on December 10th. So make sure that you check that out. Um, I wanted to discuss something that I that I pretty much overheard. It really wasn't a conversation for me, but something I overheard yesterday, which made me very happy. And I think that we can maybe get some listener interaction on this because I myself am not a parent. I don't know if you know that. And I probably never will be a parent. And that's probably the best for everyone, including my unborn child. But yesterday I had, um, I was working with Rob, Rob Khan, doing jujitsu stuff. And Matt Arroyo walks into the vicinity and says hi to us. And we say, hey, and he was grabbing this big like body pad, I guess you would call it, like a punching pad that it's like a belt almost that you wear around your midsection and then people punch you. It's just, I guess, a body pad. Again, I'm not quite sure what it's called. And he had this big smile on his face and um, we're like, what's going on, Matt? Like, what's going on? And he grabs his big body pad and just with this, this huge shiny grin, he goes, his son, let's just call him Mikey, he's like, Mikey's got a bully at school. 
And Rob's like, oh, yeah. He's like, yeah. And I know that all three of his kids do jujitsu, but I don't think any of them do like boxing. So he has this big grin on his face. He goes, my son, Mikey, has a bully at school and I'm going to teach him how to punch him in the face. And we're like, hell yeah. And it was just, it was so refreshing. I mean, first off, what a dumbass bully that he doesn't know that the guy he's picking on, little Mikey's dad, is a UFC champion um, and owns a, a, a jiu-jitsu uh, mixed martial arts school in, in Gracie Tampa South. So um, clearly didn't do his research on the people he decided to pick on. Not that I think Matt's going to go there and, you know... Uh, put this 10-year-old kid in a in an arm bar or a rear naked choke or anything like that. But I just think that, you know, he has the skills to, to teach his son what he knows. So uh, Matt walks away, and I just had this moment of reckoning where I'm like, that is awesome that you have a dad who is teaching his son. And I wonder if, 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 if fathers teach their daughters, probably not, but teach their... Well, I th- probably not because boys are more physical, but teach their sons like, hey, if someone is messing with you or making fun of you or pushing you around or just mistreating you in any way, the best way to solve that problem is physical violence. You know, and I feel like this newer generation of parents, like my generation and maybe uh, I don't know how many Gen Zers have kids, but I'm sure uh, uh, some do. But let's just say the millennials, the millennials were raised by the boomers. And I'm trying to think back to, again, because I didn't have any physical altercations at school. And it was rare that you would see them. But I think that the boomers, the boomers often, depending on, I guess, who your parents were, obviously. But that generation, I feel like, was a bit more hands-off sort of a thing. They embraced when their kids would try to become independent. Um, whereas it seems like with the, the Gen Zers who were raised by, let's say the Xers or the millennials, uh, our, my generation of parents seem to be very concerned about every which move and, you know, um, it, to the point where like they're helicopter parents, but also kind of ignoring the kids because they themselves are, engaged in the, in the same technology that they kind of feed to their kids, right? Like you see a lot of like iPad toddlers and stuff like that. Well, mom's also on her phone too. And so it's like, yeah, they're kind of helicopter parents, but in some weird way, I feel like a lot of a lot of times they, they're neglectful or they just kind of let the technology raise these kids because they don't want to entertain them themselves. I'm not saying that's for everybody, but, you know, you see stuff online and it just seems like, you know, there's always a camera in a kid's face or there's just a kid doing his own thing and not wanting to get out. And then they wonder why the kid doesn't care about getting his or her or whatever uh, driver's license. I I see that a lot with kids in their late teens, early 20s is they have really no interest in getting a driver's license where, and I've said this before, I got my driver's license late. I got it a week after I turned 16 and most of my friends got it on their 16th birthday, but I like took the whatever happened. I got it late in my mind, even though it was just one week to the day that I turned 16. 
Whereas now it's not uncommon for me to run into parents who have children that are 19, 20, 21 years old that don't know how to drive a car and have no interest in learning because all of their social interactions are pretty much online. Maybe they work remotely. All their friends are online playing fucking anime games and uh, Magic the Gathering or some shit. So uh, it is un- it is unusual that a lot of these kids kind of stay in perpetual uh, childhood, adolescenthood with no real interest in in growing up, which I think is a problem for society, obviously. Um, but it also it feels like these parents are enabling it and they don't want their kids to move away or somehow they thought that the way they raised them would be sufficient for them to, you know, grow up and be on their own, but they didn't really give them any of the necessary skills that they would need to be an adequate and productive and functional adult. So it's very strange, but it was refreshing to hear Matt Arroyo go, hey, some guy, some kid is picking on my kid. I'm going to teach my kid how to whoop that kid's ass. That is awesome. And I think that sends a message, obviously, to... Not just the bully, but everybody around. Hey, I'm not to be messed with. Don't fuck with me. And I also think that that breeds self-confidence, which is something that a lot of kids and human beings lack. Self-confidence just seems to be this this elusive thing that everybody is chasing and no one has mastered. I don't know if if that is just me. I don't know if I'm the only one being honest about it. You don't really hear men talking about this. And if you do, you're just like, wow, what a pussy. But I feel like everyone struggle, like no one has been able to fully master this elusive self-confidence, self-esteem. And even when you have every reason and all the evidence to believe that you are a self-competent person, you somehow still continue to doubt yourself, which is sometimes insane. Like even if you have... You know, it's like you think everybody else is more qualified than you. Like I, like I, so I always like think that. Like everybody else somehow ha- is privy to information that I don't know. It, it, and a lot of this, and it's funny because like I ha- recently looked into you know some side hustles to make some of that extra money. And one of the things like I threw around was you know maybe being like a Brian from Philly, two dollars, I'll take it. Thank you very much. Appreciate you. My father and older brothers taught me how to fight. Good. Um, yeah, call in and let me know how you feel about that. I, I feel like we live in a in an age where violence is never the answer is is kind of like the the ethos of the times that you should never res- resort to violence and you shouldn't spank your kids and you shouldn't hit anybody. And it's like, yeah, I I I I agree with that. Violence shouldn't be the answer, but sometimes it's the only answer that there is when you're dealing with people who aren't abiding by those rules. Like, I never think that unwarranted violence is warranted. I don't think you should just go up and sucker punch someone just because you're having a bad day. But if you have to send a message, unfortunately, sometimes that is the only the only answer and the most effective answer. And kind of like I feel feel like is important in preserving your self-worth and value. And more importantly than anything else, it's it's reputation, right? It's, hey, don't fuck with me or this will happen to you. Sending out bat signals. 
And reputation, I think, is probably one of the most valuable things that you can have, which is why I often talk about, you know, we talk about sexual reputation and stuff like that. And uh, to some degree, I think that that's important, but more so is just your 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 value as a person. And when we were given the dilemma of the homeless guy scratch off caper earlier in the show. Yeah, of course I want to fucking steal from this homeless loser who maybe just won a half million dollars because I bought a five dollar scratch off. Of course I would want to take that money. But I feel like it's not that I'm so upset about doing the right or wrong thing. It's like, what will I think of myself if I did that? Would I be able to trust myself? Would I be able to confidently say I'm a person of my word or I'm a person of integrity? I think I would have a hard time saying that. And if you can't trust yourself, you really can't trust anyone. And that's why I stress so much that I I am a diehard believer in trying to create and implement good habits. Discipline. Discipline is so fucking important. Not because it's like you have to do this every and you should make your bed every day. And da, da, da. No, it's about trusting yourself, saying you're going to do something and then following through. And if you can be accountable to yourself, which you should be the most accountable to, then you are able to be reliable to other people. You're able to be useful to other people and other people can trust you. Like, that's probably the thing that I'm maybe most proud of is that I'm very reliable. If I said I was going to do something, no matter how much I don't want to do it, I will do it. And if I don't do it, I will let you. I'm never going to just flake on you. You know, even all my years of dating with the Tinder and the Bumbles and the Hinge and everything, I never flaked. Like, did I cancel? I think a few times. One time I think I maybe had COVID or whatever. Or got sick or something, but like, but I I never flaked. I never just didn't show, even though that happened to me. Even though people treated me badly, my answer was never, "Well, people treat me badly, so I'm going to treat everybody else badly." It was like, no, that doesn't make any sense. You can treat people badly that treated you badly. Like if it's a personal exchange, and I'm a big fan of tit for tat. If you fuck me over then I'm going to fuck you over. I'm just not going to engage with you anymore. I'm not going to cooperate with you anymore. But to for someone to do something to me that I find to be uh, not great behavior, or they flake or something, do something shitty like that, I think the answer is not then for you to be a flaky person. That is not the move. The move is to go, well, that's not my standard. I don't. I don't take that sort of stuff. So this person is below me, is beneath me. They subscribe to a different set of rules. I don't subscribe to those rules. I have a higher standard for myself and the people around me. I think that is the right answer. And that's the standard I try to hold myself to. But a half million dollars is a half million dollars. So, I mean, everybody and everything has their price. And I'm aware of that as well. But yes, I think discipline is is something that we really should be instilling to the best of our ability and each other, rewarding each other for that. And also instilling in it, if you have kids, instilling it in the next generation of, you know, not having, being able to um, experience delayed gratification and know what that feels like. And know that sometimes you're putting in a lot of work now and you're really not going to see a return on investment on that for maybe weeks, months, or maybe even years. But to try to try to understand that that's part of the process and then at the end of 
the road, you know, it's going to be so much more meaningful because you truly earned it. And a, and a, a great example of that is obviously jujitsu with, you know, you get in the belts. You don't just get the belts because, you know, you're good looking or you came to class a few times. I mean, you don't get, you can come to a thousand classes and still maybe not, you know, be the belt you want to be. But that is truly something that you can't be bought. It has to be earned just with time and hard work, dedication. So um, that's why I have like a massive respect for people who do jujitsu and other things. But jujitsu is obviously top of mind because I do it. It just it's a certain subset of people who are like, all right, we understand that this is a journey and I'm not going to be great tomorrow and I'm going to suck for a long time, but I'm still going to show up and I'm still going to try and so I, I like people who think that way. And I think it's good to surround yourself with people that implement habits that you are trying to maintain or acquire or get better at. Better at. So that is a, a big reason why I love the jujitsu community. Is it because I love jujitsu oh so much? It's like, yeah, it's cool. I don't love it as much as some other people. Some other people fucking really love it. I like it, but I also like it because I think it's good for character building to be bad at something and keep showing up to do it. And then you get those small wins where you get a move on somebody. And boy, it, it feels really good because when you're just getting smashed and submitted over and over and over and over and over again, every time you even just get a pass or a sweep or something. I know I'm speaking a different language here, but, you know, it's it's not even a submission. It's like you just kind of get a one up on somebody. You're just like, all right, shit, that move I learned actually worked. That's great. And the only way that you get better is just repetition. So... That's my big uh, spiel on on discipline and why it's so important and good for character building. And just being a person of integrity, which I find to be hard to come by. You know, those are real rarities when you find those in people, people who are who are loyal and people who are even if they're assholes, if they're just people of integrity, I fucking respect that. If they say they're going to do something and they follow through, you can rely on them. You know, they're not going to let you down. That's probably the th- the number one thing I strive to be in life is just to be the person that p- other people can rely on and they know that Anna will follow through and she's not going to let us down. Or if she does, she didn't mean to. She tried her fucking best. Uh, hello, who's this? Anna, it's Florida Stanley. What's up, Florida Stanley? Hey, I had a, a story about the driver's license thing that you were talking about earlier. The driver's license? Yeah, how like kids aren't getting their driver's license. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Yes. Yeah, I, well, I I did the thing that you were talking about. I got mine, the, like, literally the day of, on my 16th birthday. Yeah, that's what everyone did. Um, and you're about my age. You're, about, what, 35? I'm 35, yeah. Yep. Um, but so t- about 12 years ago when I was living in Ohio, I started talking to this chick, and she was, I think, about 25 at the time. Okay. And it came up in conversation that she had just got her driver's license a week ago. And I'm like, wait, what? What do you mean you just got your driver's license a week ago? How have you been getting around? She goes, well... My friends picked me up, so I never really needed a car. And as far as work goes, like, I live in the same building as one of the girls that I work with, so I just ride with her, and I've never needed a driver's license. I was like, okay, Mm. fair enough. What made you get your driver's license a week ago? So I guess her grandma didn't know that she didn't have her driver's license, and her birthday was a month prior to to this conversation, and her grandma bought her a brand-new car for her birthday not knowing she didn't have a driver's license. (laughs) So she couldn't even drive. So she's like, fuck, I got to... I gotta get this. But then you can't just get it the next day. Like, you have to take the classes. You have to have your permit for six months. Well, if you're over 18 in Ohio, you don't have to have a permit. 
Oh, okay. So you take the classes and then you take the, the actual driving yeah. test and then you're good to go. Yeah. So the, the class is only, you know, a couple of weeks. So, but yeah, if, if you're under 18, then you need to have a permit for, for six months. That was the law when I got my, I don't know if it's still the law now, but that was the law when, if you were over 18, you could just go and take a week or two class and then get your Yeah, and license. it's funny because like I would never have known that because all of my friends had their driver's license, you know, their permit 15 and a half, they had their permit, you know, they were ready to go. Yeah. So well, the two kids that live next door to me, they waited until they were 18 just so they didn't have to have their permit for six months. I'm like, what? But that doesn't make it. I mean, you still get it two years earlier. You know, it's not. Yeah. You know, you could either be 16 with a license, but you had to do the six months or you could be 16 without a license for two more years. It just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. But so that's just that was that was my story. About it's a different time. You know, Florida Stanley, yeah. we were, I think, very lucky. I had this conversation with Rob Kahn yesterday about like we were the tail end of like the last of the Mohicans where. Yeah, we remember I growing up without agree. a cell phone. Like, yeah. I I got a cell phone, my first cell phone at fourteen, and it was a brick brick Nokia, and all you could do was play Snake, and I could just call my mom after track practice to come pick me up. That those were the only functions until I was eighteen. Yeah, so you had a full childhood where you did not have a pocket computer, and you were not like a slave yep. to the phone or Facebook or anything like that. And it was right. really, we were the last generation, and not even like generation, like geriatric millennials. Like it's very specific that we were that yeah. kind of age group who are 35, 36, 37, maybe 38 now, where you went through all of your childhood without having a pocket computer. And even if you did get one like me, literally I would use it once a day and be like, mom, can you pick me up? I'm on the grassy knoll. And she'd be like, all right. Don't and call clicked. anybody until after nine o'clock. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I so. like the way Eliza Schlesinger puts it. Um, yeah, Cause she, she's, she's a millennial. And she's like, I hate that I'm looped in with these millennial idiots. So I'm not a millennial. I'm an elder millennial. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's it. And that's exactly what we are. And we're, I, I feel very, lucky that i was I able to experience that older than we are she's a what a few I years i think i think she's two years older than we are. i think she's like the very first year of when the when it was considered a millennial yes so she's like 38 38 or something. Yeah, yeah yeah um yeah i consider i consider myself to be to be very lucky in that regard because i can remember what it was like to just you know, when people always reminisce, like, oh, 1995, remember when people were talking to each other? And what's funny is, is like, we could return to that to some degree. We could easily, you could easily, like, so. not do that. You could have a job like, uh, I don't know, Jonathan from Morris Farms, where you just don't have technology. And, and you send <laughs> everyone dog a, food. I don't know how he does it. How do you, like, I, I don't know how, I mean, we lived without cell phones. But yeah. in today's world, you can't, you can't. No, just the the expectation is that you need to be way more accessible. But like you could easily have like somewhat of a, you know, maybe a blue collar job where you don't you go to work, you go home and that's it. Well, some of these restaurants, you can't even look at the menu without a cell phone. Yeah, they that don't is have true. Paper menus anymore. It's, I, yeah. That's so annoying to me. Sometimes they do. If you ask, if you ask for them, they do usually. Because a lot of times, like, Sometimes. if they have older people and the, the QR code freaks them out, so they're just like, fuck that. Yeah. So they have to, they always have paper menus on hand, but most people don't, would rather just look on their phone because they're going to be looking at their phone fucking anyways. Yeah. Well, so. and you know, you know, I fly a lot. So I, some of these, some of these bars at the airports, you physically can't pay your tab without a cell phone. I, 
I mean, hmm. if they get an old person in there that doesn't have a smartphone, I don't know what they do because they're, they're, you can't pay the tab without the QR code. Yeah, I think that there's probably just so few that they're just like, fuck it. It's easier for everybody if we just don't have an extra person or two working. And then if the random old person gets frustrated and walks away, then we'll take that loss. Like, who cares? Yeah, I guess. Maybe. So. All right. Well, I'm going to get back to work. All right. Thank you for calling in. I'll see you in December. All right. Will do. Will do. Bye. Mach is off to EDC. Um, it's funny, like every time I think about going to something like that now, I'm like, oh God, but then I'll see like the promo teaser and I'm like, man, maybe that would be fun. JHM3, JHM3, 999 and a bitch ain't one. Um, yeah, I think about that. I'm like, man, would that be fun to relive? I don't know. I went, the last one I went to was Okeechobee Music Festival it was a last minute Willie. I went for one day, didn't even spend the night. Um, and I did take some drugs. And at some, one point I got. Have you ever thought about why your wireless bill is so damn expensive? It's all just radio waves. How much can a radio wave really cost? Seems like wireless got together and decided, I don't know, 100 bucks a month or so. I think the people will buy it. What choice are they going to have? Now, thanks to Mint Mobile, you're going to have a choice, my friend. Right now, Mint Mobile has wireless plans starting at $15 a month. That's unlimited talk and text for only $15 a month. Mint Mobile's service in comparison to the big providers are is just as crystal clear and just as good. You're just saving a lot of money. For anybody who hates their phone bill, Mint Mobile offers premium wireless for only $15 a month. All plans come with unlimited talk and text and high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Choose from 3, 6, or 12-month plans and say goodbye to that monthly phone bill. Mint Mobile gives you the best rate whether you're buying for one or a whole entire family and at mint family start at two lines use your own phone with any mint mobile plan and keep your same number along with all your existing contacts switch to mint mobile and get your first three months of premium wireless service starting at just 15 bucks a month to get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and get the plan shipped to your door for free you got to go to mintmobile.com forward slash bubba that's mintmobile.com forward slash Bubba. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com forward slash Bubba. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Separated from the people that I was there with, I believe they went back to the vehicle that we came in. And I remember with full confidence, they're like, you know how to get back to the car, right? And I was like, yeah, don't even trip. Um, but what I had failed to remember is that me going to and from the festival, like from the car to the festival grounds, that experience during the day, and I think we did it maybe once or twice, I was 
pretty much sober or had a little bit to drink. So I was maybe like a little buzzed on alcohol. Um, but when Bass Nectar came on, I didn't want to be a little buzzed for that. I wanted to be, you know, not tripping balls, but I wanted to be feeling the effervescence that comes along with taking some of these uh, empathogens. I think that's what they're called. These, these you know serotonin inducing drugs which are which is molly is basically what i'm trying to tell you so i take a bunch of this shit and a great show had a great time i'm head banging like a motherfucker definitely throughout my neck can't be doing that in your 30s chick and i remember trying to navigate my way back fucked up on molly and boy did i had here's the thing not only do you do you lose like a uh, navigational skills, directions suddenly become very complicated and everything looks the same and your short-term memory sometimes is is shot on that stuff so you can't remember you're like wait, did I pass the flag just now or did I was I about to pass? I can't remember. Um but also like your perception of time somehow gets distorted which is annoying because you have no idea how much time has passed. At least that happened with me. And that's happened to me multiple times where I just think that it had, it had been f- like five minutes and it was really 40 minutes or it had been an hour or two and I thought it was only 12 minutes. Like, I, you, it just gets fucked up. So me trying to walk back in a, a dark, essentially giant parking lot just and every car and every lot because it's like a lot and then you know you walk a little bit and then another lot and I remember walking to the festival I could distinctively see that they looked a bit different but they did not look that different when I'm trying to return and then I'm like wait a minute how long have I been walking because I was trying to also gauge the distance by the time spent walking and I had no idea was I walking for five minutes or was I walking for 50 minutes I don't know. Where am I? Let me call my friends. Oh, wait. No signal. Fuck. What am I going to do? And especially because we were a bit on a time crunch. Again, didn't even spend a night there. It was like drove there in the morning, party, have a good time, get content. And then we were meant to leave like at midnight that night. So I had to be on this fucking in this car because if I was not, then I wasn't getting home. And I had a feeling that these people... They were not good good friends or close friends. I had um I had the inkling that they probably would have left without me. So I was a little bit uh concerned about all of that, obviously, as one might imagine. So but thankfully I did enough walking, finally got a signal, and uh found found the people that I, I rolled with, got in the car, and we immediately left, which made me a little concerned. I'm like, man, if you had to wait like fifteen more minutes, like would you have which you've waited, but doesn't matter. Got home safe. It was totally fine. Then I remember I got home. I think we slept in a in a truck truck stop that night because like the driver was really tired, and so were we. So we're just like fuck it. Let's just sleep a few hours at this truck stop. So we do that. Slept in the car. Woke up. I get home, and I remember I walk home. You know I'm dirty. I'm just tired. I hadn't showered, but I'm like man, I just. It's quiet. It was probably like 9 a.m. And I'm just like, oh, I made it. And then boom, fire alarm. So everybody has to vacate building seven and eight, which is where I lived. And it was really fucking annoying. And at the time, 
I remember um, that was the the age of marbles. We can remember marbles back in the day. So marbles is up and he's exhausted and he's not happy about having to exit the building. And I just have, I'm pretty sure I have a video on my phone somewhere of just like being like, really? You know, five minutes after I get home, alarm goes off, marbles is up, he's not happy. Little did I know six months later, marbles would um, kill himself and another woman. Anyways, a one three ninety Bubba. Good times. Great times. It is Veterans Day this weekend. Um, Veterans Day is like, a, it's not Memorial Day. So like no one gets too mad about you like being happy about it, I guess. But I, I know Memorial Day is always like really awkward. And if for some reason, like growing up, I shouldn't even say growing up, for like 30 years, I was just like, yeah, Memorial Day, kick off to summer, like, woo, like JC Penny sales, like that's what I thought of. And it really wasn't stressed, at least, I don't know, maybe I wasn't looking at the news, but really wasn't stressed about like what Memorial Day was or represented. And it's, it's, and then in my later years, I started to feel guilty for going to, you know, barbecues and having a good time at Sunset Music Festival, getting fucked up, doing stuff. And, ooh, Memorial Day, kick off to summer. Meanwhile, the holiday is a somber one that represents people who gave the ultimate sacrifice and laid down their lives for um, for our country, however dumb the decision to go to war or whatever conflict was. And also, I should say, taste what the fuck? Thank you so much. $50 on the Super Chat. I love you too, and I will see you at 199. And Tease, thank you for bringing that up. 199. We're sh- it's a short space, Willie, because uh, Bubba and I were talking about this yesterday. You know, sometimes you get the 199 where it's like six weeks apart, and sometimes that's kind of nice because you feel like you haven't seen people in a while. You know, people. it's been a while. You're excited to go back. This one is a short space, Willie. This is a three weeker where we had a 199. I believe it was, come on, Anna, you know, dates, October 27th, maybe 25th, October 25th, I will say October 25th. Wait, now I have to look it up. I'm so sorry, guys. I think it's the 27th. It's fucking the 27th for sure. Yep. The 27th. And um, then we're also having a 199 on November 17th, which is a week from today. So we're going to be doing that 8 to 10, I believe, on Rumble and Twitch. I was uh, trying to remember exactly where we are and if we're going to be expanding that or not. But I think it is on uh, Twitch and Rumble, the 199. And then the following day, which I know is a public event, so it's not just for staff, although staff will be riding together we'll be doing the florida man radio um i don't even know what they call it i know it's stogies and cycles i don't know if it's like necessarily a holiday thing i don't think it technically is although in my mind i've bookmarked it as a holiday party so come in your uh, best dressed uh holiday fall attire and that will be at fuck Somewhere in Sanford, where that one was three years ago. that The first Stogies and Cycles, at least, that I attended, which, in my opinion, was the best venue. It was super fun, very cool patio area, beautiful bar. 
Uh, so make sure you come out for that. I don't think you have to pay for it. So it's just open. I could be wrong. Don't fucking quote me on that. But I, I certainly know it's a great time. A lot of great listeners, people who not just enjoy our show, but you'll also get to meet and see Shannon Burke and Don Miller. Nailed it. Uh, and the globiest of globes and just, you know, the, the good old people. Whatever happened to that guy, I wonder... Scott, the sales pig, I think that was his name, where he wrote he wrote to me on on Facebook. Uh, I think it was a, a, a direct message about seeing me or, or something. But all I know is that he ended up bringing a, a, a trans person of color um, slash prostitute with fake breasts as his date. And I also know that he got some grief because he liked to sport a toupee. So, um, yeah, it's funny because, like, most of the time you're flattered when people reach out to you. But sometimes, sometimes it is somewhat insulting when certain when certain men reach out to you because uh, you're like, you know, I'm not a model, obviously. I, I know what I look like. But then you also think, like, really? you You think you have a chance with this? Really? I'm insulted that you that you think that we're on an even playing field, sir. Um, but it seems like the the date that he brought is a is a better fit for him and everyone else. Ooh, we have some calls and I am excited to take them so I can talk to another human being. Hello, who's this? Happy National Honor Humble Appreciation Day. It's Joe the Supermark. Motherfucking Joe the Supermark. How are you doing? I know you're not well, but boy, do you have a great attitude about life and adversity, my friend. I love adversity. I smile in the face of adversity. In the Bible, it says okay. perfect weakness is when we are made strong. That's what the Bible says, for sure. Chapter 1, um, paragraph 14. Now... What can you tell us? Are you still in the ER waiting for a nurse to help you or what's going on? Yeah, well, I mean, I could go into some disgusting detail, but what just happened was this caseworker just came in and she asked me, she goes, you have, you got evicted yesterday, right? And I said, yeah. And she says, well, what's your plan? And I'm like, what do you mean? What's my plan? What, what like your five-year plan, your five-hour plan. When, when somebody asked me in the emergency room yesterday, she goes, so what's your plan? I said, to go to heaven. She goes, what? I said, not right now. Don't worry. She goes, oh, yeah, me too. And that shook her because I didn't have to answer her. But this one wasn't, she needed an answer. So she gave me an option. She said, long-term care facility. And I said, I don't want to go there. I want to get back with my mother and move into an apartment or a home like we were before. And she says, well, we're not going to do that for you here. And you can't stay here. So that you can either go to a facility or you can go on the street. Your choice. So what a business fab bitch, yo. My God. I wanted to light her up, but I just laid it laid low, played it cool. Wow, that's um so that's, quite that's, the ultimatum. Yeah, that, yeah, so that's I'm gonna have to after your show I'm gonna call the Hoyoke Medical Center and find out who I can talk to to go above everybody's head because from the bottom of the food chain up Nobody wants to make any moves or do anything to benefit me. I'm just like, why do you think that is? Why do you think that people are so unwilling to help you? Because I, I, I laid upstairs in that hospital bed for a year and a half and never went to the doctor, even though they begged me to go. And I had so many problems just piled up and never could do anything about them because I couldn't be treated up 18 flights of stairs with an x-ray machine or any of that. So, 
I'm trying to catch up on all that here, but they're so hell bent on the fact that I got evicted that they can't even step back and realize, wait a minute, like he's been waiting to get to a hospital for all this time. And now he's got all these issues. Nothing's getting better. Everything's getting worse, but it's okay. We don't care. He's evicted. So we got to get him out of here and somewhere else. It's just, it's sickening is what it is. It's absolutely sickening, but Hey, I'm still positive. Yeah. So, I mean, I assume you're going to the, the long-term care facility. Uh, Right. And she just said, I mean, it's not ideal, but it's certainly better than the streets. Right. I mean, you can't even walk, so you're going to need to have, assistance and help and yeah i need oxygen i need water you know i need water too yes yeah so beyond that i mean she said that they had four facilities around here closed so everything's going to be more than an hour away so basically i'm not going to see anybody around here ever again at least until i get back if i can get back i don't know how i find a place how old are you again an hour away 44 wow it's still pretty young yeah um, I, I lived my first 40 like a, like a champ, though. My first 40 was so strong. And the Bible yeah. says that your latter years will be better than your former years, but, I mean, I don't see how that could be possible. So you're saying the Bible's wrong? No. I, oh. I'm not. I'm Are just saying, saying that the Bible. I mean, alive? I have to believe for that. If, if that's what the Bible says, yeah. I believe the Bible, because John 1 says in the beginning, the Word was God, and the Word was God. Uh, we always believe God, what John says. So John, know, John gets the story wrong. Yeah. But anyways, I mean, aside from that, if you, if you don't mind me just expounding on one thing really fast. Sure. You had brought up at the beginning of the show, basically comparing yourself to others. Like you don't feel like you could measure up. to. You see oh, yeah. Everyone does. Do. Everyone likes to give the advice of not comparing yourself to others, but everyone does all the time. Like that's your, and unfortunately, comparison is the, the thief of joy. I, I understand that. I try to tell that to myself often. But you like even think about like how happy you would be if you got like a uh, hundred dollars, right? But then you learn that the person next to you was awarded five hundred dollars. All of a sudden, you're fucking like, what the fuck? Why did I only get a hundred dollars when that guy got five hundred dollars? But at the end of the day, you're up one hundred. So it's like you're constantly comparing yourself and your outcome to other people. And again, it's okay to feel a certain way about it. I don't act on that stuff usually. It's not like I'm angry at somebody for getting something that I felt like I deserved more, but it's like you still you still like get unhappy in your head. You're like, what the fuck, man? Well, you can do that at work. That's for sure. You can definitely compare yourself to the person at the higher position and wish you had their position. Yeah. Uh, what I'm coming to find is, uh, you know, how would you know that the person next to you got the 500? Are they like handing it out right in front of you? Oh, okay. Uh, obviously, this is something that information that you're privy to. It's not like you, it's a hypothetical, Joe. It's not like this happens. Right, right. Well, the only reason I'm asking is because a lot of the times where these comparisons fall into place or where they can bring people down is if they are looking at social media, like if they look at Facebook or Instagram. I agree. And everybody puts the best of everything up there. But you don't know what they're really going through. You don't know what's really hurting them. You don't know what's really affecting their lives. Because you only see the best, so you can. Yeah, or you see, you best. see a very manicured, uh, curated, filtered version of their life that they want you to see. You know, you don't see what their body really looks like because they have the filters, and you don't see what their home life really looks like because they only post the highlights, and you don't really know how their relationship is because all you see is just them like fake laughing in a in an orchard somewhere picking apples, you know. So you, you have gotcha. this false gotcha. sense of who that person is in the life that they're living. 
and you think everybody else is having the best time ever except for you. Now, I understand that that's not the case. And even if you know that, even if you fucking know that logically, intellectually, even but seeing those images still makes you go, well, what the fuck? That looks really fun and cool. But and then you have to remind yourself it's fake. It's not real. But you're like, what if it is like it just I, I and that's why. I find social media, one of the many reasons I find social media to be so damaging is the fact that you you can't help your, your brain can't help but go into comparison mode and start saying, well, why, why do they have that? Why are they better looking? Why do they have more money? Why do they have uh, that relationship or whatever the case may be, whatever you feel like your life is deficient in, or you just feel like they have more than you, you, you start to compare and think, and maybe you don't really ruminate on that person, but then you start to go into a deeper you know, reflective state of like, well, what's wrong with me? Like, why am I not given these opportunities? Why is it everyone but myself? You know, it it can easily lead you down that track. And, you know, maybe that happens once or twice, fine. But if that happens multiple times every day, that can be very damaging and problematic to your just your overall happiness as a as a as a person trying to live on this earth. Yeah. How many people when you were a teenager were playing the tuba? I didn't play the tuba, but um, there were oh, a few that did. Were it was a French horn, okay? It was a fucking oh, French yeah, horn. Oh, yeah, French horn. My bad. What's the difference between a tuba and a French horn? They're different instruments. They're oh, totally cool. different so instruments. Was yeah. there anybody else in school playing the French horn? I believe there were three of us. It, hey, were at you least... the best? No. I, I, it's, it's arguable that I was the worst. Well, okay. So yeah. You have to compare yourself to the two people that are better. Now imagine a kid growing up nowadays yeah. who has a phone, who has social media that can pull up videos of kids playing the French horn, and everybody in the whole world looks like they're better than you. How down are you going to be? Um, Via comparison, of course. It, say that again. I'm sorry. I missed your point. No, I'm just making the point that it's one thing to be young at, before social media, before kids had cell phones and all this stuff. And compare yourself to the best around you, right? So yeah. for me, in, in my in my area and where I'm from, I am the best professional wrestling referee ever, bar none. There's I no believe that. About it. I've, I've done it longer, I've done it more, and I'm better, bar none. So not anymore, of course, came up. But I had really not a whole lot to compare myself to because I was I see what you're saying. So now you have like this giant pool of people who you're aware of that you wouldn't have been aware of before. And there are uh, many people that are better than you in whatever thing. Um, yeah. Uh, yes. I, it's one of those things where I'm about to give advice that I usually don't take, but you just, you have to just accept the fact that there's always going to be someone around the corner that is better than you, prettier than you, smarter than you does what you do better um, you know, and maybe that person isn't even born yet. Maybe you're the greatest of all time now, but you won't be for long, you know? So it's just, it's, it's, I think it's important to have, uh, confidence certainly, but also have like a healthy sense of reality and know that even, even if you are the best, you're not going to be the best forever. Like your body will deteriorate, deteriorate, your mind will deteriorate, you maybe will stop practicing as much as you did before. Whatever the case may be, you may incur an injury or, or get in a car accident. And so it's important to try to define yourself in multiple ways and not just be like, I'm Joe the supermarket, the best referee that ever was, because there's going to be a time where you're not the best referee that ever was. And then what are you? 
you know, so I tried to, right. Social media wasn't there when I was running hard. Now everybody sees everything everybody does, but nobody, there's no, I can't show you, I can show you some videos, but I can't show you my entire body of work. Like I'd love to be able to do because it's amazing. Yeah. So that's driving me insane. The nurse just ducked in and had the case. Yeah. And and let me say this about social media. I, as much as I dislike the fact that people only post their highlight reels, I much prefer that than someone who just constantly posts about their woes and how you should feel sorry for them. Like at least the person with the highlight reel is trying to be, is trying to evoke envy because they're positive and it looks like they're living a fun life. The people who are the biggest bummers are the ones that try to be too real and too transparent that just, and we all know those people who post videos of themselves just crying, you know, and there might be a caption or some music in the background, but you're just like, what the fuck is the point of that? And they're just like, POV, when it's just too much to handle and you have no one that has your back. And then just them crying to like, I don't know, some obscure Adele song. I don't know. that Those are the people that I find to be the most obnoxious. You know, at least the other people are trying to evoke envy and jealousy and cool stuff like that because they're trying to convince you that their lives are better than yours. I at least appreciate that effort to be positive. But the people that just want to just show you a still photo of them crying and then they're just like this white person that's just like, when racism is just gets too much in this country and you're like, shut the fuck up, bitch. It, the only caption that should be is like, I just found out I had stage four cancer. Fine. Fine. Then you can post a picture or video of you crying. But other than that, I don't want to see it. Get out of here. I still wouldn't post it. If I had stage four cancer, you've never... Look at it. I, want to I, know, I know you wouldn't, but I'm just saying, you know, no, I would no, find I that know, to be know, a reasonable excuse. Exactly. I know you know that I wouldn't, but I want to let you, you know You just post all bananas. This, never, ne- that's it. Never once did I ever say I'm in the hospital. Never once did I ever say I got diseases. Never once did I ever say I got infections. I'm going to die. Never once did I ever put any of that on any social media whatsoever. Anything I put is just rinky-dinky, hokey. I put a lot of religious stuff on Facebook. But uh, it's just a lot of old stuff that I've shared. Well, that's but, your um, prerogative. But, you can post whatever you want. It's free country, kind of. I, yeah, and see, you get banned, blocked, and muted. But that's, I know, that's why I said kind of. Not getting into. Yeah. But I, I did, I did want to, I just kind of snuck this out there. Right in the middle of our conversation, the nurse ducked in, and she said the case manager wants to know if I had the COVID vaccine or not. So Did wow, you get the vaccine? Cool. No, hell no, and I never will. Okay, so I had a nightmare once. I was I was yeah. intubated in the emergency room, and I, I and I woke up and it was pitch black, and I thought they got me. I, I just you know what, and I think out. that this speaks to something that a lot of Americans feel is that they would rather trust a Puerto Rican hooker giving them angel dust than the government trying to feed them a COVID vaccine. And I appreciate that because guess what, I'm in the same boat as you. I'd much rather trust my fucking drug dealer than some government official trying to tell me how to live my life bitch you know because at least the drug dealer is trans is transparent about what hey this is a business you want it or you don't want it yeah i do all right it's 20 bucks great here you go versus and everybody everybody in the drug deal knows that this isn't good for us this is a vice business no one is trying to no one's trying to sell you on like hey this is hazard this angel dust is a great source of magnesium like no one's telling you that shit but with the vaccine it was like this is in your best interest this is for your health and the health of others and they fucking lied unlike your drug dealer 
way more reliable, bitch. That's why I still get my weed from the street. I will not get it from dispensaries whatsoever. I try when they first... Dispensaries are mostly getting it from the cartels anyways. Still dirty money. Like the government does something to it before they put it out in the public. I feel Listen, like the California. government has their, their hands on it, not just for the tax money, but for... Oh, for they got their hands on everything. Yes, they sure and do. Lastly, I, I, I just wanted to say this. If you're talking about comparisons, yeah. and I had the shocking reality yesterday because what? I know I'm anointed, and I know that God has me so blessed, and I just thank him all the time. God works in mysterious ways, no, Joe. Look, yeah. I mean, I'm just always just thanking him, but I had a shocking reality yesterday. Like, I, I think I'm brilliant. I think I'm an orator. Like, you couldn't believe I could write. I could do wonderful things. I'm on amazing thing. I could even sing. But do it. I finished. You won't. Like, well, you want to sing? Uh, Rihanna, I Umbrella. No, there's not a helper. I'm going to get it. No, they will still have each other. You can stand under my umbrella. You can stand under my umbrella. Ella, Ella, A, 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 under my umbrella. Ella, Ella, A. I'm dancing right now. Mm. I'm dancing. I'm dancing. Go ahead. You can run into my arms. It's okay. Don't be alarmed. Come into me. You know the song. Hell yeah! I, I requested it. Of course, I know it. Hundred dollars? Did we get it? Um, collectively, yes. Yes, we did. Oh no! Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. For... Someone may have just... Oh no, no. False alarm. Is it? No. No. Uh, uh Brian from Philly, two dollars. Thank you. I don't know if I already called yeah. that out. So here's what I was leading to before I broke into the song. Um, I was finished peeing yesterday. And as I was putting my things away, I looked down. Yeah, urinating? urinating. Okay. I, I looked down at myself and I said to myself, you know what? That's a nice Maybe I'm not blessed in every way. There are people that are much better off than me in that department. So that's why I had a shocking reality yesterday. But beyond that, I am blessed, prosperous, forgiven, redeemed, talented, creative, confident, secure, and it's all good. Uh, great. That is awesome. Joe, thank you for calling in. We are all thinking about you and we hope that this, this pickle that you're in somehow works itself out. Okay. Thanks for taking my uh, some time out of this evil place that I'm in and putting a smile on my face. God bless. All right. God bless. God bless. All right. Last call and let's get the fuck out of here. Just kidding. I love you guys. All right. Hello. Who's this? Anna. Yo. Brian from Philly. How you I doing? figured. What's up, Brian? Hey, uh, okay, a couple things I want. Oh, anyway, the first thing, um, my, uh, my pot and mushroom dealer gave me two capsules of Molly recently. I just have them sitting here. I'm a, like, I told you about Ambien. You got to tell me about what to expect when I try this. Well, this is what I will say. Number one, absolutely take it. But sub one, that was one B. But one A is make sure it's not fucking fentanyl. If you no, can, I trust this guy. I've known this guy. <laughs> no, 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 no! Don't say you trust this guy because he may not intentionally be giving you fentanyl, but it may be fentanyl. That's all I'm saying. Go get it tested. You. you know, because a lot of people, I, I, I truly believe that a lot of times your drug dealer is not trying to kill you, but you got to think that that's been passed on through how many hands? You know, if he's the fucking chemist, fine, but he's probably not the chemist. So it's a clear capsule with like. Brown crystal-y things in yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, again, to the naked eye, with my astigmatic eye, that that seems to be probably fine. But I would just, I would just try to test it, dude. It's not worth it to die. Okay. But in in the yeah, event that right. it's good, that it's clean, I mean, 
go ahead and fucking take that shit. It is awesome. It's a great Shouldn't experience. Can I do it with like another person, like a girl that I'm that I'm seeing or anything like that? I think that would be. Better. You can, yeah. I would probably take it with people who are familiar with it that know you're on it. Um, and right. and here's the thing, like with me, I don't like to just. And again, this is just me, but I don't like to just be in a room like hanging out like i i typically get energy right. when i do that so it's like Absolutely. i want to be out and about and it's nice yeah, to be out and about yeah. in a, in a, in somewhat of a crowded not too crowded but where you have a lot of stimulation because you're going to need your, your your brain is going to be like itching for stimulation like you'll get even like a little right. eye glitch thing going on you're going to start probably biting down on your uh on your like gritting your teeth so make sure you have some gum to kind of okay. act as a buffer yeah um, but you're going to want, like, music on and lights and shit like that. I, I understand. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, I got, like, years ago, I'm going back to, like, when I was in college and before, I used to do LSD. I used to go to Grateful Dead concerts. I did a lot of acid over the years. Okay, uh, fair enough. I haven't done that in decades. Yeah. Is it anything like that? Um, Have you ever I, done LSD? Yeah, I've done acid twice. Yeah. I, uh, I'm trying to think of, like, the best way... Like there are so similar mushrooms. aspects. I still do mushrooms. Is it like mushrooms? I've done mushrooms twice. I I feel like first off, MDMA is not a hallucinogenic drug, so you can have some like visual, like light hallucinations. Oftentimes, if so, like you'll see traces. So, for example, you'll see like, if someone were to throw a ball, it would like look like trails, there were traces. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, like chemtrail kind of deals. But it's not like a, a, a like a you're not going to be seeing shit that's not there. It's not going to be LSD. It's not going to be shrooms. Um, I would say that it is more of a I don't want to say more of an emotional experience because I, I feel like acid. Like I definitely like laughed and cried and stuff. It's it's right. definitely less like emotional in terms of the ups and the downs, but you just feel, you feel really good and really connected. You just feel like, fuck, everything is going to be, you feel this outpouring of like effervescent love. I know that sounds hokey and lame, but that is what you feel when you take MDMA most of the time, unless you take too much, that can be a problem. But you just feel like this outpouring of like love. Like you really, you'll see the person next to you and you're like, fuck, like I remember being at like raves and people are like, are you, are you, okay? are you having a good time? Like to the person next to you that you don't know is a complete stranger. You're like, are you having a good time? And they're like, this is the fucking best time. And you're like, this is the fucking best. Time. And you mean it though. Like Brian, you're not trying to, yeah. you know, be nice to them. You're just, you fucking feel connected and just this outpouring like you feel like your cup of love is full and it's overflowing and you want to you want to make sure everybody's having a great time around you. Where acid is more of a personal experience where you're like maybe playing things back and working out your problems. Like you're not working out any fucking problems on MDMA. You're just like having a great time. So if the dead shows were like that, if you were on acid or mushrooms, you just felt like as you felt like one. You're all together. Yeah, cool, yeah. There's that effervescent sort of connective. Right. But um, yeah. I mean, I would take it if you find it out. It's clean, and then you can report back to me and let me know like how Absolutely. you feel. 
about it. I'll do it. I'll do it at the next one ninety nine. Okay, that no, may I'm not, not be no, the right place. No. <laughs> Don't Absolutely take it when not. you have to like be somebody, <laughs> like when you kind of like interact <laughs> in, in like in a professional setting or like even with friends at like a party. I wouldn't do it. It has to be at least for me. I didn't want to have to really talk too much. You know, like be on and have my brain working. It's like I just want to dance and listen to music and be like, "You good? Right. I'm good. We're good. This is good." You know, that sort right. of thing. Hey, um, I started over fasting. I I wanted to get down to two. Like I wanted to be two ten. Like at night when before I went to bed, I didn't want to wake up and just be two ten. I wanted to maintain it. Okay. So, you know what I mean? Yeah, because you're saying like on an like empty stomach after you've been fasting yeah. for a minute after you've been pissed and shit and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. But now I'm down to like 203, and I look like look like I have AIDS or something. I got to put okay, back yeah, on. It, it can. are concerned about it can get out of hand. But yeah, you definitely, you know, it, it it is definitely a useful tool for a lot of reasons, especially if you're trying to lose fat. But you know, you don't want to lose too much muscle either. You don't want to get in a catabolic, catabolic, yeah, catabolic state where you're losing muscle. Now you want to try to maintain that muscle. If you work out, Brian? Do you like? Lift weights and shit. I do cardio. I just do cardio. I do the treadmill or I'll walk a couple miles. Yeah. I'm going to tell you the opposite of what I told Bubba. Like, you, you start start lifting weights a few times a week. Even just start with twice a week if you can. 30 minutes each. You could do that. And you don't have Absolutely. to lift, like, heavy or anything like that, but it is no. so important. It's like... Along the plan of fitness. They got everything. Okay. Good. Yeah. If you could just do a little bit of that, incorporate that, because... Really, muscle loss is is so detrimental as, I mean, for anybody, but especially as you get older. I mean, you really want to, like, the number one cause of accidental death for older people, like old people, is not that you're old now, but you got to start now. But, you know, is 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 falling. You know, for, for people like my age and maybe younger, it's, you know, they accidentally shoot themselves or OD, ODing, right? Like what you're about to do next weekend. Yeah, you OD. But for old people, accidental death's number one cause is falling. You know, everything. And a lot of times it's because they don't have the 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 muscle to support the fall. And so the bones right. break and then, and then they get a hip they replacement. Fall, they break a hip, they're in the hospital, yeah. and then they die. It's they die, atrophy, yeah. they are on corticosteroids for long amounts of time. That dis- that dismantles and disintegrates your joints. Yeah. So my dad's 92. I know. He's yeah. Sick, yeah. Sick. And yeah. so, you know, the most important thing is like health and mobility and being able to not just live to 90, but live to 90 and be able to like do shit. So um, just lift weights a little bit and it will it will, you know, pay dividends back to you. Do it. So. All right. Uh, awesome, Brian. The next one ninety nine. Yes. I, I can't wait. It's All always right, a pleasure. Cool. All right. All right. You too. All right, folks. I think that is about it for today. I'm a little freaked out how this is going to go. Let's try it together. Well, there it is. That's cute. There we go. Okay. Wonderful. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you have a great weekend. It's a little, a bit of a quiet weekend. No Alex Stein fight, but next weekend, gear up because we got 199 next Friday, followed by the Stogies and Cycles event. And- Sanford, Florida, if you're somewhat local, we'd love to see you out there. But otherwise, have a great weekend, and we'll see you on Monday morning. Goodbye, and God bless.